let's let's talk more about what we were wrong about. Let's let's, let's jump in here. I tried to give you guys a little bit of time to think because I didn't give you much warning. And um, what what were things that you were flat wrong about this week um, relative to the Seahawks? Nathan, you want to go first? I know this is a hard one for you. It is. I'm so infrequently wrong. Um, uh, uh, I think, I, I don't know if it was about, I mean, not about going into this week, but one thing I was very wrong about just in going back to start of last year actually was the McDougal signing. Um, I didn't get it. Um, I didn't think he was particularly good. Um, I didn't think it was bad or anything, but like he's playing at a really, really high level now that I would never have guessed that he would be at. Um, he's not Cam, but he, uh, but uh, Seahawks fans have been so fortunate. We, it, but also it's kind of been a curse. Like we, we saw Cam and we saw Marshawn and we saw some of these guys, and like now we always want to look back and compare guys to them. And there's just never going to be another Cam. There's never going to be another Marshawn. But setting aside that McDougal isn't Cam, like he's damn good, and I didn't see that coming at all. Um, Going into this week, uh, I don't know if I said it anywhere, but I was really concerned about Britt being out. Mm. Um, I think Britt is probably at the point where he's a little underrated by fans, even though I still think he's kind of middle of the pack in terms of just being a center, uh, an NFL center. Um, but he is, you know, a solid starting offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, I was nervous about Hunt. I've never been impressed by Hunt. I don't think he's really played well, even like in preseason. I think he's been bullied a lot. Um, and, you know, they ran a lot, and they didn't run particularly effectively, and I thought part of that was on the offensive line. But I think overall, Joey Hunt played an okay game, and that wasn't really a big um, – a glaring weakness for them. Evan, how about you? Yeah, so it's interesting that you highlighted the offensive line, Nathan, without mentioning the player I feel like didn't get nearly enough credit that he got on Sunday. His name – what was that? I think we're going to disagree on this a lot, but go Prepare ahead. Prepare your hearts and minds, people. Jermaine Ifedi. Jermaine Ifedi. Jermaine Ifedi. But not good enough to pronounce his name correctly. He's not quite there. Correct. Correct. That requires a four-game impressive streak. I see. We're at, we're at one right now. We're at one. How many times did you hear Demarcus Lawrence's name on Sunday? Just once. I, I think it was just once I heard. I, I think he got one sack. Um on the edge. And I think, I think Disley was on that side helping. Um, I don't, I don't remember the exact replay. I need to go back and rewatch it, but I was impressed with Ifedi initial reaction from the game. I thought, I thought he held his ground. I was watching him throughout the game and, and I think he might be getting better. We caught, this is cautiously optimistic here. I think the power of Mike Solari might be, Changing this man's heart and physicality a little bit and technique a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit excited. So the Jermaine Ifedi train is, uh, you know, it's coming into the train station. And there's all these fans, and they're a little dispersed. Just get ready. That's all I'm saying. Nathan's taking a drink, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think we need to come back to Nathan after that, because I know, Nathan, you've been uh, doing a fair number of, of tweets about Mr. Uh, Effetti. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, he's been helped a bunch by having Disley next to him, and, and that hasn't been terrible. But, um, you know, there, this is 
the same guy that like I mean he he got fooled by a couple uh, stunts, which has been a, a big thing with him for a long time. Um, I mean, there was one play where he tried to cut block and he kind of just like turned around and then sat down in front of the player. Yeah. Um, I would not. I I never remember which one's right or which one's which, but I think I'm bullish or maybe bearish. Maybe I'm bearish. Bearish. I'm bearish on uh, uh, Jermaine Ifedi. Did he have any penalties on Sunday? That is, no, that's fair. I, I think he had. Did he have the false start? I don't think so. No, because no. they only had. So this is another thing that we can maybe talk about is they only had two offensive penalties. Yeah. Um, one of them was the delay of the game, like on the very last drive. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I think that's a fair point to consider though, is because Pete absolutely murdered Jermaine Ifedi for you know penalties last year, pulled him in preseason in the you know the mock scrimmage. That's been a huge issue for Ifedi. So um, you know, three game sample size. Um, but there might be some signs of improvement there. Yeah, I was trying to do a quick search and see if I could uh find him uh on on penalties. Hold on one second. So while I'm doing this, um, uh, by player, one second, I'm almost there. No, this is this is worth it. Jermaine Ifedi, we're going to find out whether or not you truly performed well. Ifedi only has two penalties, and I know he had one false start in each of the first two games. So that oh. means he did not have a penalty to speak of in this game. Okay. You know, lining up against Von Miller and lining against, up against Khalil Mack, like, I'll spot him on the road. On, both, on the road, yeah, I'll, I'll spot him a false start on both of those. I don't think those either of those are egregious and played a clean. I, you know, I haven't like inspected him all like in the tape. Maybe he was holding like crazy, and the rest just didn't crease it or call it. But um, yeah, I think that's that's definitely fair. I think that's a huge improvement for him. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's definitely a huge negative. And you know, I have to answer uh, where I was wrong, and it's taken me all the way up until this moment to be able to figure out one of those examples, but. Um, something I have been 100% wrong about is I thought that the Seahawks offensive line would struggle with pass blocking and would be competent with run blocking. And it has been not quite the opposite. <laughs> that would be putting it too, too uh, strongly, but their run blocking is pretty atrocious like it's it's got a long way to go and i think seahawks fans we've been really accustomed to hammering on the pass blocking and it's easier to see when that breaks down in most cases um but you know the the run blocking is just not that good right now and some of it might just be because there are a lot of guys moving around um there's some amount of coordination that's involved with run blocking a little bit more orchestration and maybe it's going to take them some time and actually Doing it more than like eight times in a game will help them since they can't actually really practice contact anymore. So maybe that'll be part of what changes that up. But, you know, if you look at it, like the pass blocking, look, it's it's all relative. But, you know, if I go to, I was looking at this earlier today and let me bring it back up. If I go to profootballfocus.com and I look at what they have for offensive line, um, uh, pass blocking efficiency. Uh, there's something like they are, I think, like 21st in, in the NFL. And that, yes, they're 21st in the NFL right now um, with a 85% pass blocking efficiency. Not great. Not something to be super excited about. But if you look over the past five years, six years, they've never been higher than 26th. <laughs> 
29th, 30th, 31st. So they're actually showing some signs of being a little bit more stable and a little bit closer to average there. And I think we've all said that if they can be average pass blocking with Russell Wilson, then he can do a lot of great things. So uh, that's something I've been wrong about so far and uh, really eager to see them kind of adds a little bit more of the run blocking. Do you guys think, am I right here? Like between J.R. Sweezy and Fluker and Britt like, and Brown, like they should be able to be a good run blocking or at least better run blocking team than they've been so far. I think it's been a combination of things. I, I don't think Posick is particularly good uh, as a run blocker. Um, and then you swap him out this week for Sweezy with Fluker coming back. Um, and but now you have Hunt in there who, like I said, he wasn't like you know a black hole, but he is a small guy, he's not going to get a lot of push. Um, so maybe once they're 100% right, and you know, who knows what they'll end up going back to when Britain and Posick are healthy, it, I thought the line looked okay overall. So uh, I assume they'll give it back to Posick, but yeah, I, I think that they can be uh, a good run blocking unit. I think they can be I think they can be better as a pass blocking unit. Like I think the talent is there to do it. Um and that's just a professional line. Like it's really nice to have um Posick go down and you know you're just slotting in Fluker really. Like he would have been hurt. So you've been down Fluker for a couple of games and then you've been down Posick a game and your line didn't just kind of fall to shambles because you had some you know, seventh round defensive tackle convert, which is, I think, what Sweezy is. But you know, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you caught yourself on that random Tom Cable project that all of a sudden is slotting in there. Like it's a line that is, you know, weathering a, a bit of a storm right now and still not being a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, and and joking aside on the um, on the being wrong part, uh, I was right there with you on Bradley McDougal. He would he would have been he would have been one of mine. Uh, I've seen Bradley McDougald as a starting quality safety. I do believe he's a starting quality safety, and I've, I think I've been consistent that about that. But he's been a lot more than just league average starter. He's he's been, I don't know. I, I would say he's been at a Pro Bowl level or close to it through three games. Um, I, I don't know if that's just total homerism, but you know, he's he had two picks in the first game. Could have easily had three. Uh, you know, has had pass breakups, like really, I think one of his best plays in this last game was a pass breakup. Like um, his coverage has been outstanding. His tackling's great, run support, um, just that fumble he forced. I mean, come on, that was, that was classic. We would have expected that kind of play over the past few years. So I, I've been 100% wrong on what his upside was and is. Um, and it's been nice to see. It's been really nice to see that he's, he's someone made the point that he is one of John Schneider's best free agent signings. I would say that he's two of John Schneider's best free agent signings, right? Signed him last year. Mm. Had to sign him again this year, right? Um, he was remember how much we could have picked him up. Do you remember how much we paid for him? Not a lot. You're going to tell me, I hope. $4.5 million a year. Yeah. Did so they lock him up for, was it just one year or two years? It's a three-year deal. For real? Wow. Yes. So they have him for 2018, 2019, and 2020. I don't want to overstate this, 
But if he continues at his current level, that's a that's a deal. He's gonna be holding out for more money in there. <laughs> Don't even say that. Knock on wood. Yeah, he's taking less taking notes from Earl for sure. Um, yeah, so so that's that's been a pretty pretty pleasant surprise. But